Relative to the speed that we usually go, we're going to go rapid fire tonight. So we're going to go through a couple, uh, couple of seifim. It, it shouldn't actually, it'll probably be a, a shorter shit than usual, a little bit lighter. So uh, we'll see what we can go. So uh, just a little background before we start Sif Bays. Again, what, we, what we've known until now, again, the whole of Hilchus of Avodah has been sort of revolving around this point, is that an object of Avodah is Asr Bana, right? It's Asr Bana. And we know that there is one way for something that is Avodah to then become Mutter Bana is if it goes through the process of Bittal, right? If it was an Avodah that was owned and made by a non-Jew, then it's possible for it to be nullified and to be undone. So there's different ways how to go through the process of Bittal, which is going to be a simon coming up, but one surefire way to do it is if the non-Jew breaks it. Now, if you break it, then you're clearly, you're clearly showing that you don't believe in it anymore, and that will undo that by the Zara. So the question, so that, that's for sure happens. Now, there is a discussion in the Shulchan Aruch in terms of what happens if an Avodah just breaks on its own. Do we say that, well, listen, it broke on its own, there's no indication that the owner doesn't believe in it anymore, or you can make the argument that the guy, the, the guy should make the following point. If the Avodah can't protect itself, then, you know, clearly it's not, you know, divine. So that's a question whether something breaks on its own, do we assume it's bittal or not? The Derech Klal, we are machmer, and we assume that if it broke on its own, you still have to be machmer that it's Asr Bana, only if it was broken, you know, purposefully, then it will be bittal. The question the Shulchan Aruch is dealing with is that's all in scenarios where you know what happened. The guy broke it, for sure it's bottle. It broke on its own, questionable, you should be machmer. What about if I just find a broken Avodazar? And I don't know how it broke. Maybe it broke purposefully. Maybe it broke by itself. So I don't know. So that's what the Shulchan Aruch is going to be talking about right now. So it says the Shulchan Aruch like this. Let's say I find them walking down the street, and I find a, a you know a broken, uh, shattered uh, object that definitely was of a desire at some point, but now it's broken. Or I find it amongst other you know uh, you know broken, shattered uh, objects and so on. I find it broken. Again, uh, whether it be a broken statue or a broken. Avodazar, I know for sure was Avodazar. Mutarn says the Shulchan Aruch, such a thing is mutter. In other words, the way it's explained is because if it's basically it's basically like this: if it was broken on purpose, then it's for sure mutter. If it was broken on its own, that itself is a suffix. So you're dealing with a svek sveka. First of all, maybe it was broken on purpose. Even if it was broken on its own, maybe the halach is that if it's broken on its own, the owner doesn't believe in it anymore. So putting all this fakus together, it's tilted more to the side of Heter, and that's the halacha. So if you find a broken of a Zara, you can rely on, on Aleph, it was broken purposefully, and even if not, you can rely on those shitas that hold that if it was broken on its own, uh, it's also nullified as an of a Zara. So that's the halacha. Yeah. Why shouldn't it be in like the fact of whether it's servable or not? You know what I mean? Let's say somebody owns other yeah. desire, somebody yeah. else comes along and breaks it. Yeah. And the owner's like, I still believe in that. Yeah. So then, then, so then, in theory, it would still be, uh, again, that would be no worse than if it broke on its own. Right. But in, it, let's say you were to assume that even if an another desire breaks on its own, the owner still believes in it, then that means that even if it's broken pieces, he still believes in the power of these broken pieces. The, the, Thing is, that's what's interesting about Avodah The whole thing is baloney. <laughs> the whole thing is baloney. So we're talking about what non-Jews believe in. So yeah, for us it makes perfect sense. The whole thing is a joke anyway. So for us, we're thinking like, if there's any one, uh, you know, if you, how far do you go? So that's the point over here. So again, that's what Shulchan Aruch is saying. If a person finds a broken statue or a broken idol, mamish. So the lach is it's mutter again because of all the different combinations that you can make. Either possibly it was broken on purpose, or even if it was broken by accident, there are shidas in any way hold that if it's broken by accident, it's mutter. So you put all that together, you could assume mutter. Says the Shulchan Aruch, a caveat, which is relatively obvious, 
This is only when you're talking about when you find an avodah that's like a fragment of an avodah like a hand or a head or a foot, but it's clearly broken from a larger statue. If you have a, a like a, a hand, foot, or head, or whatever the case may be, but it's clearly its own object. You know, it's not like broken off of something else. Like this was a statue of an arm, and this was a statue of a foot. Where then, obviously, that'll be usher if you have if under the conditions that you would have to be concerned about it being of a zara, it's not broken. So it's not, the, it's not the idea that just a, a limb is mutter. The point is a broken fragment of a statue. That's when it's mutter. That's what he says, But if you find the form of a hand, a regal or a foot, and it's sitting on its base, in other words, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a full statue in and of itself, it's just not a full image, it's just the image of a, of a limb, that's going to be usher, that's for sure. Okay. That's Sif based. Okay, Sif Gimel. We're going to see these halachas are not super relevant, obviously, for nowadays, but we'll see things that come from this become uh, fundamental. So take a look at Sif Gimel. Sif Gimel is talking about a scenario that I, I referenced uh, a few weeks ago when we talked about um, a, a guy that was walking around with a, with a cross. We talked about that sogia. So the Shulchan Aruch now is talking about a case of where you have a symbol of Avodah Zarah, like 100%, this is really something that is served as an avodazara, but it's not standing on its own. It's engraved on vessels and objects. So what's our relationship with those objects? So that's what the Shulchan Aruch says like this. Hamaitzi kalim, if you find utensils, vessels, and so on, v'aleim tsurais chama ilovana, and engraved on this object, on this kli, is the image of the sun and the moon. Now it's interesting, right, that, this is the language of the Shulchan Aruch, but the Ramah explains that we're not talking about like uh, uh, like the circle, like a sun or a moon. Rather, Dahainu says the Ramah, Tsurais Hanasim Lashem Chama Ulovaina. The source of this is the Rambam himself, that is not talking about the image of a sun or a moon. Rather, we're talking about metaphorical pictures and images that Avodazara worshippers would associate with the sun and the moon. So he explains Dahainu again, Tsurais Hanasim. Certain images that were made to sort of represent the, the, the deity of the sun and the moon. Like talismans, so they would make these things with certain images that were representative and reflective of, uh, of, of what the sun means. Each uh, constellation would sort of have its own image, its own representation. Like certain images that would somehow have a relationship in these people's minds with the sun, they mitzarin. Let's say for the sun, the image was Melech Meutar, a king with a crown, sitting with a crown. Yoshev Algal sitting on a uh, on a carriage, on a, some sort of chariot. That would be the image of the sun, so to speak. The other types of images for the moon as well. The This has its own individual tzura. So again, so going back, so says If you find a vessel that has within it, that's engraved within it, the image of the sun or the moon. But again, says the Ramah doesn't mean sun or moon. It means these images, avodas are images that somehow are related to representing the sun and the moon. So, says the Shulchan Aruch, those are two examples, sun and the moon. Oi darkon, or a dragon. A dragon, v'hu daimelonachash, which is again also, uh, in the Gemara of Avodah it's clear this was a very, very common place of Avodah image. Uh, a dragon. A dragon represented something. It was about constellations. It wasn't about, mm-hmm. you know, snakes down here. It was uh, met, just like you have these metaphors for the sun and the moon. Metaphors for like the stars was this dragon image. And the Shulchan Aruch goes on to explain specifically what this dragon image was. Nachash looks like a snake. But it has wings like like um, like fins like a fish um, coming out of between the scales of its neck. So it's like a dragon fish-like serpent. So, so he says like this, so what's the halacha? So again, you, you're finding these images, these are the three examples. Sun, again, representative, representations of the sun, moon, and this uh, dragon-like creature. So you find it on a vessel. So what's the halacha? So it says the Shulchanach, if the object that it's engraved on is a is a uh, is a mechubit, it's a bakavadika object, it's something that's, that can be used in an honorable, dignified way, then asurim. Then the object is going to become asur, 
Why? Because you have serious concerns that the object is being served because of the symbol that's engraved on it. Shavadi nasu shemalilim, because then then you could you have to assume that it was made for avodazar. However, if the object that it's engraved on is uh, is, uh, is a is a thing, it doesn't have it's not for a dignified use. So then, even though it has such an image on it, mutarim then clearly the symbol would not be seen as a deity symbol. It's more of just decorative. And if it's just decorative, obviously it's not a problem. What's the difference between what are examples of honorable vessels versus non-honorable vessels? These would be considered to be honorable. Shal hashirayim, something that's found on shirayim. Now, what is shirayim? So it's machlokes rishonim what shirayim means. One opinion is that shirayim means um, like uh, dignified clothing, linen, like expensive clothing. If there's an insignia, like uh, you know something of, with these three images, that would be an, that would be an issue. Other rishonim say that no, even if it's fancy clothing, clothing are worn, they begin sweaty and dirty. That's not going to be considered dignified. Shirayim mean bracelets. Because you find in Tanakh that the word shirayim could sometimes mean like a bracelet, sometimes it means uh, fine clothing. So that's a question over here what it means. Okay. Nizamim are uh, rings, are like uh, earrings. Vitabayas, rings on a finger. Those are examples of honorable vessels. Umavuzim, what are considered to be for sure non honorable vessels. So the Shukhanach says yoiris, let's say pots. The kumkumin, smaller, like large pots, small pots, chami chamin, teapots to, to heat water. Again, these are things that are used in the kitchen. Clearly, that's, uh, you, you would not have to assume that people are serving these things. Even if it has a vodazar image, it's just for decoration. Or for kaisis, or let's say cups, shashosim, that people drink from. Doesn't matter where the symbol is, if it's on the part of the glass which the water or the drink covers, or if it's higher up on the glass where the water and the liquid's not going to reach that, it doesn't make a difference. It's part of a vessel that's used for drinking. It's clearly not Bakavidik. Says the Shulchanach, but calls that Bistam. Now again, this is all, I have this object, I, I found it in a garage sale, whatever it is. I don't know how it was used, I don't know what the intention was, so these are the basic rules. If it's these three images, sun, moon, and a dragon, on Bakavidik of things, then I have to be concerned. Okay, the calls the bestam. I don't know if it was served, if it was, uh, if it was, uh, you know, bowed down to. I don't know. So then, that's where the qualifications you go through. I will be a dua shaloi nevdu. Obviously, if I if I know for certain that you know I know who made it and I know who owned it and I know that it was not used in any way for avodah zara, then shaloi nevdu These things were not served. Um, so that even dignified vessels, even rings and, and so on, would be mutter. Again, we're to, it's, the, the issue is, I don't know if it was served. So then, uh, if it's these images, which are commonplace, uh, you know, uh, symbols of the Zara, on Bakavadika vessels, then I have to be concerned. If I know that it wasn't bowed down to, then it's fine. That's the Shulchan Aruch's first opinion. The Yeshim Shaimer, however, those that say, says the, the second opinion of the Shulchan Aruch, that there's no distinction for these purposes between dignified vessels, non-dignified vessels. Shakult Surashin Avedis, any symbol, any vessel that you find these symbols on, which are common placed, the Vodazars that were extremely common to serve. The Vadai, Afil Al Mavuzin Asur, even if it's even if it's on an undignified vessel, it'll still be Asur. Again, Again, you still. We're, we're again. We're still talking about. I don't know, right? Again, if I know for sure it wasn't served, then there's nothing to talk about. But uh, if I don't know, so this second opinion says it doesn't make a difference what type of vessel it is. These three symbols are just so commonplace. The Avodah are so common. You have to be concerned. So according to to this, as the Shulchan Aruch, Bizman Hazeh, in our days, as the Shulchan Aruch, Shemachakikin Chakak Bekelim that very often you'll find uh, people uh, engrave images in vessels, which are idolatrous images like we saw before. Then there'll be a problem. There'll be a problem if you have these, um, these idolatrous uh, symbols in them. And now, okay, that's the Shulchan So you have these two opinions. Says the Ramah, The Minig is like the first opinion, that there is a distinction between honorable vessels and dishonorable vessels, and that's Allah. Okay. Now, by the way, just a little bit on the side before we go on, just uh, something to think about. The question that a lot of Mepharshim deal with is that 
again, the basic concern is that you have this Avodazar symbol engraved or somehow connected with this vessel, and the concern is that the thing was, was served. The question is like this, what does it mean, again, you have to get into like the guy's head exactly, are, are, what, are they serving the ring, or is the ring just seen as sort of just a, a piece of paper, so to speak, to allow the image to be there, and you're serving the image. You know what I'm saying? Is it, is it as if, do they, do they see the image as sort of just a statue that's just connected to a ring? Or, no, 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 it, well, it's a ring, it's just that now the ring has divine qualities to it because of the symbolic image that's engraved within it. That's a question. Now, the, the nafkumin is, in fact, something that the shach brings down. We can see it inside. The question the, that the, the mafarshim deal with is, that, is this halacha only true when the, the, the image is, um, is, is coming out of the vessel, or if it's boilate, or does it even if it's engraved within it? Right? If, it's, if you hold that, it, it, that the image is not seen as like a statue or something that exists on its own connected to a pot, it's the pot. Just this pot is now considered to be a deity in their mind because of the image that's engraved on it. Well, then there's no reason to think that the image has to be sticking out. It's about the pot. If you hold, however, that no, 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 what they're serving is the image, like that, like seeing, like you have to sort of see it as if it's its own little statue, just connected to whatever it is, and just if it's connected to something with Vozadik, they're not going to serve it, then you could definitely make the argument that the thing has to stick out, not being engraved in. So that's the question that the Mepharshim deal with. But again, that's the case. Again, so far that's not super relevant, I guess, unless you go to a garage sale. But as we'll see like this, says the Ramah, again, so the Ramah just told us the Minig is like the first opinion, which is, again, basic rules. I don't know what happened with this Kli. I, I don't know. But I know that there is a common place image of the Zara engraved on it or sticking out of it, whatever it is. And so then the Shulchan said, if it's a Bakavadika vessel... You have to be machmer, and maybe it was, it was served. If it's not a Bakavadika thing, nothing to worry about. Says the Ramah continues, Ubizman Hazeh. Now, nowadays, Shein Hagayim Oivdin with Tursalalo, that these images are no longer served anymore. So, Mutar, then it, it should be completely fine. In Matzen, if you find such an object uh, anywhere, because again, the whole thing is because you're concerned of being served. Nowadays, even though in times of the Gemara, and maybe in the Shulchan, you know, the Shulchan is just recording what it says in the Gemara. Times the Gemara, these were the most common place of other czars, right? But it says in Ramah, nowadays they're not, uh, they're not being used. So in other words, you could sort of know that it wasn't served. It says the Ramah, therefore it will be mutter to have a banah. But says the Ramah, interesting, however, Maris Ayan purposes that there still would be. Because someone watching you do this might not chap that you're relying on the fact that it's not so commonly served anymore. They might get confused between that and things that are legitimately still served as Avodah Zarah and think that they're also Mutter Because of that concern, Marisayan just don't keep these things in your home, even though technically speaking, it's, it's probably Mutter because it's most likely not served, but just Marisayan is not good. Again, not Marisayan that we think you're serving Davodazar, that's not the concern. Marasayan is that other people might think that this object was served as an Avodazar since it is, at least it used to be, a commonplace symbol, and therefore they might see you as someone that's deriving benefit from Avodazar. That's the Marasayan issue. Okay. The Yesh Machmirim, now says there are Mots, interesting, the Yesh Machmirim, there are those that are Machmir, but Kolat Surah even nowadays, with these images. Even though we know they're not being served, there are those that are machmer to consider them mamish, not just because marasayim, but mamish, even nowadays. That's the shita, this shita the Ramah just finally brings down. Happens to be the shach, goes on a whole, you know, in, in, in Sifiyu design, he has a whole arichas, basically to just say tzarchin on that shit, like why in the world would you be machmer like that? I mean, even, even in the Shulchan Arach, which was from the times of the Gemara, it says that if you know the vessel is not served, there's nothing to worry about. So now we know the vessel is not served. I mean, so it's very difficult to understand what the pshat in this yesh machmirim is. So practically speaking, the achreinim usually disregard that shita, and they go with what the Ramad just said, which is that nowadays these things are not being served. So practically speaking, te- technically speaking, there's not much to be worried about. But maris ayin, that there is. Again, not maris ayin that 
that you're serving of a desire that is not a concern about. But a sign that other people that they, they people might think that this was served by who knows what, or uh, they'll just get confused between this symbol of a desire and uh, and a real of a desire, which is served nowadays. It'll just be confusing, so avoid the whole thing. That's what the uh, the Ramah says. And he finally ends off with Suras Darkon. Now, one of the images that we saw, right, of the three, was this dragon, sea creature type of thing, which is, again was commonplace, very common. So says the Shulchan Aruch, Suras Darkon, to th- this image. If you want to make a statue, you want to just tell me. You want to? You're you're in school for uh, what are they call it? Huh? For art, you're looking at art, yeah. So you have to painting. We'll see painting, maybe even sculptor. So you're you're you're, you're you want to sculpt a statue? So you want to make a dragon, whatever it is. So says the Shulchan Aruch, you're allowed to make such a thing. We'll see soon what the issue would be. Again, you're not trying. You're not. There's no intention of this. Are you just you, you like the way it looks? So it's mutter to make it. But again, Marasayan, there will be. There will be Marasayan. Again, not Marasayan that people will think you're serving of a desire, but Marasayan in terms of people see this dragon in your home uh, that used to be an of a desire image, and they're going to think that this thing was served at some point by someone, and you're uh, keeping it in your home. What is a from Jew doing with an of a desire in their house? Not that we think that you're serving Vodazar, but uh, Pasnish, that a Jew should have an Vodazar in their home. Now, little do they know that you made it and know Vodazar, but it's one of those images which is just so commonplace as of Vodazar historically. It's just Maristain avoided. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's, inter- it's, it's sort of leading the way into Siv Dalit. Because what he's introducing now, what the, what the Ramad just introduced us to, is at least a concept, that there might be some statues that one is forbidden to make. A dragon is not one of them. But there are, but it sounds like there is, like, what's the issue? So this is what we're going to see now in Sivdal. Now this is a sugya that we're not going to be able to cover all of it today. It's a fascinating topic. I mean, it gets to practically, like, there's a lot of, this is finally where there's some, like, Allah Lamaisa, sort of, in Avadizara, where, um, like, in, in the early Paiskan, we talked, they talked about this, like, having dolls, you know, we're going to see certain images, like st- certain statues you're not allowed to have, make, or own. So what falls into that, what not. There was a famous, like a lot of uh, early Pisces so like, you know, crack the nose of a doll. Maybe you've seen that or if you've heard of such a thing. We'll, we'll go through that. But the idea is coming as follows. If you take a look at uh, the Marmokimus. <coughs> so let's go to Marmokimus number three. Okay, so this is a pasuk. It's actually oh, it's talking this is parsha. Look at that. So uh, it was not on purpose. So Marmokim number three, the end of Parshas Yisrael. So after that, there's a difference in everything. So it says in pasuk, V'yemar Hashem Moshe, Hashem says to Moshe, Kai Simer Bnei Yisrael, so say to the Jewish people, Atem Reisim. Yeah, from Harsina you saw, Kimen Hashemayim Dibarti Machem, that I Hashem has spoke to you from heaven, meaning me alone. There was no, and you didn't see anything else. And you should not make et. You should not make with me gods of gold and silver and gold. Don't make for yourself. So the question that the Gemara and Avodah Zarah deals with is: What does it mean? Listen, for, there's two questions. First of all, in Maser Sedibus, already tells you not to have Avodah uh, So exactly what's being added by this? And number two, what does it mean? Don't make with me. What does it mean with me? So Rashi brings down on Chumash what the Gemara Darshans. The Gemara says like this, Leisasun, this is a special prohibition, not about Avodazar. You're not serving these, these images. But it's just, it's just, there's an Isser of making certain images, even if it's not Avodazar purposes. Leisasun demus shamshi hamishamshin lafani b'mar. Don't make images of those that serve me up high. In other words, says Rabbanu Shalom, I have certain servants in the higher world, namely Sun, moon, constellations, malachim, things like this. Like, well, we'll see that. Well, dragon not, because dragon is not, doesn't exist. No, so that's what the Shulchan is saying. There's no problem making a dragon. We'll see. But anyways, but says what Rashi, what the Gemara is saying is, like Sasun Iti, don't make images and, and statues of objects or representatives of objects that serve me in the higher world. Higher world being spiritual, like malachim, or even physically. The sun, the moon, and so on. So, with that background, take a look at the Shulchan Aruch and Sif Dalit. Again, this is not about over this, you're not again you're not serving it. This is just um, to make it because of art. It says the Shulchan Aruch like this: Also, with Sire Tsurois Shemedar Shchina. 
one is forbidden from making images. We're going to see, again, the details, is it two-dimensional, three-dimensional, how much of the image, that, that we're going to see the Hashem later, but uh, not for tonight. But it says in Shulchan Aruch, one is not allowed to make images of things that exist in the realm of the Shechina. What does that mean? Like an image of Malachim. What, what does a Malach look like? So uh, in Sefer Yecheskel, it talks about Malachim that have four faces. Four faces, one human, one lion, one eagle, one ox, different uh, faces. So if you make with wings and so on, if you, if you somehow make a statue, you know, copying the description in Sefer Yecheskel, that's going to be a problem. Even though whatever, whatever copy you're making is obviously not going to be to size, you know, and it's not going to be exactly, and you know, obviously it's not the same thing, but if it's a representative of that, that's going to be a problem. The Any types of malachim that are described in Sukkim, you follow the description, that's going to be a problem. So that's, that's number one, not one example. The chayn tzuras adam so to a human, a picture of an adam, that's also going to be a problem. Why? Because also in Sefer Yechezkel, it describes a vision that Yechezkel had of an Adam sitting on a throne as reflecting Hashem Kaviachal. So it's the same thing. So the human image is going to be a problem, again, because of this prohibition of Lysasun Iti. See, that's what he says. Kol Elu Asr Lasaisam. says the Shulchan Aruch, all these things are also to make. Afilu Linoi, even if it's made for decoration, it's not for anything else. Now, fine, so far. Now, if let's say someone else makes it for you, and you happen to want to buy it, or you receive it as a present, technically speaking, the Pasik said, don't make it. So it's a prohibition of making it. However, if a guy made it for you, you're not allowed to keep it because of Marasai. Because of Marasai. Now, what's interesting is, is as follows. This is what we're gonna, we're gonna see now. What exactly is the issue of Marasai over here? What is the issue of Marasai? So if you take a look at the Taz, in Siftes, okay, those are the Shulchan Aruch. So the Taz and Siftes, this is not just the Taz, it's just, he's recording it simply, but this is something that goes back to the earlier sources. The Marasain over here, I could have thought of a number of different options of what the Marasain would be about, but the Taz is like this, Bizeh, when it comes to this Marasain, again, the, the, the image of a human being, Malachim, Bechulu, everything that falls in the category of Lesasiniti, says the Taz, Bizeh, Hatam Meshem Chashad, what's the Marasain? The chshad is, the marasayin is, that people will think that your tak is serving this statue. That's what he says. So here's, here's where it gets a little bit funny. We, so, so far we, we learned about two different categories of statues. Different halachas. We had one category of statues, and images I should say, in Sif Gimel, which were three images that were the most commonplace of other czars, Right? Which were this, you know, picture representing the sun, a picture, some sort of picture representing the moon, and a sea creature of a dragon. These were the most commonplace of other czars, so much so that if you find them even just engraved on a, on a pot, there, there's a Shiloh whether the pot was served. That's how commonplace and that's how connected people were to these of other czars. And we saw from the Ramah that even in situations where, technically speaking, you don't have to be worried about this actually being once upon a time served, but there's still Marasayan only. What was the Marasayan? Not that you would actually serve the Avodazar, but that once upon a time it was served, or maybe people just get confused that you're a Jew that has an Avodazar in their home, whatever. But, though, but again, what we see is, let's say you have a pot which has a human uh, engraving on it, not a problem. Let's say you have a pot that has an engraving of a Malach on it, not a problem. Why? Not so commonplace of Avodazars. Not so commonplace of Avodazars. Okay. And then you have the next halach in Sivdal, which was a different category. These are images, statues, that you're not allowed to make because of Lysasuniti. Fine. And that's a special Xerosakasav, only things that are serving Hashem and Shemaim. Yeah, a humanoid figure, Malachim, I get it. But then the Shulchan Aruch told us, oh, by the way, there's also Marasayin with these statues. And what's the Marasayin here? That you might be serving of others, that you actually might serve these things. So here's the question. I, I don't get it. You're, you're, you're telling me that these statues, these images are... Are, are not as commonly served as a dragon and as the metaphor of the sun and the moon, right? And that's why if you find these images engraved on a pot, there's, nothing, there's no concern at all. But yet, if I have it in my house, 
you're you're gonna you're gonna be chayshid that I actually serve the vadizar that I'm serving these things. So like, which one is it? it, 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 it when it comes to a dragon, which you're telling me is the most commonplace of vadizar, that people are so makushif, people are so like like crazy about these images that they're willing to serve a pot that has the image on. But oh, no, but I'm not gonna be chayshid a yid to serve a vadizara. But yet you'll be chayshid me to serve these other images that are not as commonly served as a vadizar. It's like, well, which one is it? It doesn't make any sense. If you want to tell me that, there's, that, that, that the Marasayan over here by the Malach was that maybe people think that I made the statue myself, I hear that. That's not what the Taz says. And that's not, again, he's not making this up. Let's go back to earlier sources, right? We're not, we're not gonna, no one's going to think that you're the master sculptor that you can make this thing, right? The Marasayan is that maybe you're talking in the middle of the night after Minyan, you know, you go home and you're bowing down to this, uh, this gachka. Really? That's what you're worried about. But you're not worried about me bowing down to a dragon and bowing down to the symbol of the sun and the moon, which everyone is Mamish Soma Kusha, and Soma Kusha, the whole world thinks of that as Mamish of the Tsar, to such a degree that they love those images so much that they want to bow down to a pot that has the image on it. So that you're not worried about. But you're worried about the Malach image. Like, like what's going on? It's very strange. Very, very strange. It's a question that asked. Again, keep the Mara sign consistent. But why? Like, the more common served objects, you're less worried about me actually being one of the followers of that, but the le- the, and the less commonly served of a desires, that's what you're worried about me serving? Why? First of all, I would say, why would you ever be chayshda from Yid as serving of Why There should be my sign on that. But if you are, for whatever reason, if we're concerned about people looking at you as mamisha and other of a desire, you know, secretly, then I would think that would be more, people would be more inclined to do that with images that are more commonly served as a desire. It's a little bit funny. So, this, yeah, this ties is going on, like, the images of, like, a, of a mala. Yeah, these, yeah, right? yeah. Exclusively. Right. Just that. Can one say, like, is it, these are things that a yid is kosher to. These are things that a yid is, like... Uh, so like, we these understand... These other things are, like, to a yid is, like... Completely alien. Dragon. Completely alien. Like, right. A malach, though, is... So, so it is true that, yes, a malach is a entity that our religion acknowledges and, and I, but, 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 but again Avodazara is a very strong a very strong uh, you know that, that, that's a that's a, a strong claim for uh, from Yid even if again even if uh, you know it's so much so that, that large segments of Kali Yisrael have an issue with like davening by a kever of a tzaddik because it might, it might seem like you know so you're talking about a from Yid and we're concerned that he's literally bowing to the statue of Rifal of Michal like that that's that, that takes a lot of guts to be able to say that so again that's what that Chorin point out is like you know, if you're going to go that far then it probably it's, you know uh, any, no, it's like this anyway the guy that's, that's thinking that about another Yid is, is, he's doing something wrong. Like, no one should be thinking that about another year. But if you are, like, you know, and you're thinking that's going to, you know, you're looking for reasons to label that guy as a no good Nick, Nistama, the most common of other czars would be the most, uh, you know. No, but. No, that's the Ramah. But this is in the Shulchan Aruch, right? So this is going back already in the times of the Gemara. This is not, you're right. In modern days, maybe you can make such a distinction. Those. Don't, those are not chashev anymore. But in the Gemara, this is the, this is the distinction. These Maris Ayans is right from the Gemara. It's right from the Gemara. Can you, can you say that just procedure-wise, they couldn't make a gazera of Maris Ayan on something that was just never going to happen because it's not common? So they went so far to say, we make a takana, it's more like a takana, right? That to, as a gather, yeah. it's all as a gather, to keep them away from it. So they can say, you may do it. Dafka by the, the, the Malach the images because right. we're afraid of ultimately... So, you know, but, but it's, it's, it's a little it's bit... both to keep them away from it, just in one place it's common. Right. So if you said, hey, there's a gazera there, they'll understand it. And in the other place they're like, what are you talking about? Why is there a gazera on something that's never going to happen and nobody has thought about in a hundred years? So instead they made a takana, yeah. which is people are really going to do it. And maybe they weren't. Do what? Make, make this statue? Right. A real shot, a real takana, that they're going to be not like the Zara. Just... Like the actual of the Zara or just make yeah. the statue? Like, like Mamash of the Zara? Yeah. 
Okay, so then, I mean, why, so why only by the Malach and the... Uh, I'm saying because otherwise it wouldn't, it wouldn't be a real gather. Does that make sense? Like, procedure-wise. It wouldn't be a real gather. Why not? Because if you make a gather on something that nobody I mean, understands... I mean, I would say... No, I mean, I, honestly, I would, say the, I would say that what's more understandable in terms of, like, concerns of people being chesh at each other... Like, I, I would think that it's more likely one Jew is going to be chesh at another Jew, not of actually serving with the Zara. But of having and of others are in their home because they're into collectors, collectors' items. Like that's that's what I would think is more reasonable than to think, you know, he's a secret, uh, you know, secret worshiper of that cult. I say he's just a, you know, he's a collector of these things, and it's like, you know, come on, yeah, what are you doing with others are in your home? You know, which is what we're saying when it comes to the dragon symbols, right? That that's what we're concerned about. That the guys are singing, what are you doing uh, from you collecting of others in your home? And I'm not thinking that you're serving it. But all of a sudden, when it comes to the Malach thing, we are. Okay, so, t- so take a look at the Marmok number one. It, it ultimately, it has to do with understanding why is it that the Rabbani Shalom doesn't want us to have... Forget about this, again, Leisasuniti. Why are you not allowed to make these images? Again, the Pesach says not, Sikzer Sakasav. But what's the Havana of it? So take a look at the Rambam, okay? There's the Rambam in Hilchas of Adizara. And it's interesting, because sometimes the Rambam in Sefer Mitzvahs will give you a little, sometimes a, a, an explanation a reason for a mitzvah, although that's not his focus there either, but sometimes. But in halachas, in Mishnah Torah, like he'll never talk about the reason unless it's necessary for some practical you know, halachas that become understandable because of it. This is the Raman writes, <laughs> There are certain images that you're not allowed to make, even for decoration. Even though it's not for avadizara. Shinamar, Pasik says, Loisasun iti, Eloi kesef, Right, you're not allowed to make these images. Kolaymar, tsurais shalkesef vezav shein lenoi. Certain images, which again, he in the next halacha he explains what they are: human humanoid figure, uh, malachim, and so on. You're not allowed to make them even for no, even for 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 um, direct, for uh, you know uh, beauty and so on. You know why? Kedei shleyitu ben hatoyin v'yid mushein lavoidem. The reason why the Torah made this prohibition is in order. To make sure that no Jew is ever is ever nechshad, is ever uh, being looked at as maybe he's serving of Adazar. In other words, says the Rambam, the reason why the, very often when we think of gzeiras and takanis in drabanan, but by derises, whatever the Torah says, it's for its own, it's it's inherent. It's not because of a concern of X Y Z. Says the Rambam, in this case, no. The reason why the Rabbanu Shalom made this halacha that you're not allowed to make these statues, even if it's not for Avodah is because the Rabbanu Shalom was concerned that if you have these, if you make these statues, people will look at you and say, "Oh, you're serving Avodah They're going to be chayshid you of Avodah Like the Taz. Like the Taz. Like the Taz. Says the Rambam in Sefer Mitzvahs, even more explicit. In to say dollar zelshane sheziranu me'asoyz tsurais balichayim. Now, we're, we're now allowed to make certain images of living creatures, malachim, a human being, and so on, from any material. Again, you're not making it to serve. This is a gzera from the Torah. From making these images. In order to avoid being, being thought of as idiots think. That uh, Avadizara Nickers think that these uh, objects have power to avoid being thought of as one of those people. The Torah says, don't make these objects. It's so this is unique. This is unique. That, that these, the re- whole reason why these images are us to make is taka because of a gzera. Not, because the, the Rabbanishlam doesn't want you to be looked at by someone else and the person is going to say, oh, you're an Avid Avadizara. So once we understand that that's what the derais is, so now when the chachamim are coming, it, now it's a chiddush. The chachamim b'derach klal kam, and to sort of complete the, the picture of what the mitzvah is about on a derais level, usually when they come to complete it, the completion, the finishing touches they do, is about making gedarim, about making fences, make, you know, don't eat chicken and milk, because you might come to eat meat and milk. And that's, the, that's how Chazal come and sort of wrap up in a nice bow, Basa V'chalaf. But over here, I, what, I, what, what I think we can say is that Chacham are also coming to complete this mitzvah of Lysasuniti. By what? By expanding the territory 
of this chashad that the Torah was concerned about. Because the Torah is concerned that, that the Torah doesn't want you to be looked at by anyone else as, God forbid, someone that does have a So what does the Rabbana Shalom say? The Rabbana Shalom says, therefore, don't make the image of a malach. Don't make the image of a human being. But the Torah, that's where the Torah ends. And the Chalmers are saying, we're just expanding that territory and finishing, finishing touches, which is, not only should you not make these things, but don't own these things. For the same reason that the Torah said, don't make it, which is, people might look at you as an Avadizar, as a Baal Avadizar. So we ask the question, why is it that all of a sudden, like out of nowhere, Chazal worried about Marisayan when it comes to these images, that, the imamish, that people might think that you're serving Avadizar, when it comes to the dragon and those other things, they're not concerned about that. The answer is, you're right. The Chama on their own would never have been concerned about a Jew being looked at as an idol worshiper. But the reason why the Chachamim are, 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 are concerned about that when it comes to these specific images of a Malach and a human is because they're just following what the Torah started. And for whatever reason, the Torah was concerned specifically about these images in terms of a Jew being looked at as an, as an Ovid of Adizar. And so the Chachamim are saying, listen, don't ask us Kakasha. You're asking us why are we concerned about here and not anywhere else? You're not asking us. That's the... <laughs> That's the Xerosakasov, that for some reason these images, that's where the Rabbana Shalom is heavily concerned about Cheshad, of a Jew being looked at, even by a crazy guy, as an over of the Zara. And so the Chum are coming and finishing, finishing that up, not so much by making like Xera per se, but like at the Chum, just expanding and sort of, you know, you know, rounding the edges of this thing that the Cheshad, the Rabbana Shalom is concerned with, we can see that it, once. The Torah opened that door and said that yes, this is a legitimate concern. That with these images, it's a legitimate concern for a Jew to be looked at as an Ovid of Adazar. So then the Chum say, okay, now once, once we're now, once that clicks, once we are now given that basic assumption, that for whatever reason, these images, there's talk a legitimate concern to be looked at as an Ovid, as an Ovid of Adazar, then the Chum say, okay, so now we're going to come in and, and finish the job. Because if that's true, you could ask us why that's true, but if that's true, because that's what the Torah said, then it makes sense to us to be worried about that, not just by making it, but also by owning it as well. And that's what's going on. Once you move to these other images of a dragon and symbols of sun and moon, then we're not, we were not told by the Torah that we have to be concerned about a Jew being looked at like someone that worships these things. Then we'll go with our own human ideas, which is that's not really a concern for us. The concern we would have is that someone might think that a person, that Jew, is just owning Avodah Zarah, not actually serving it. So the Marasayin over there is different. So that's what's going on over here. Okay, so now the question is now thrown back on God, right? Why are these images two things? The Rabbanu Shem is not worried about Marasayin for Basa B'chalav, right? If the Hashem was worried about Marasayin for Basa B'chalav, he would have asked for coconut milk too, right? So Hashem is not worried about Marasayin anywhere except for here. Okay, Aleph, Why? Why by Vodazar are you only worried about Marasayan? Dafki here by Vodazar. Number two, of all the images of Vodazar, these three things, these things, the humanoid figure, Malachim, why Dafki these things? Okay, so I think the way to think of it is as follows. Let's, in very, in very quickly, very simply, it's already late. What's Marasayan about? What do you, what's, you get to the kishkas of it. What exactly is Marasayan about? What's the chashad? So let's say someone thinks of me like I'm a, like a shagitz. No, no, I have thick skin. I don't care. Don't they? Let them think what they think. Like, why, why am I worried? So you could say, well, maybe they'll learn from you. So that's true maybe when it comes to like things that people might actually make a mistake. It's unlikely to say that people are going to learn, oh, taka, but there's motor, I guess. Because they see a guy that they think that they're accusing of serving Avodazar. Avodazar is so basic in Chumash that it's Aser. It's very unlikely for anyone to be concerned that people are going to learn Avodazar's mutter because they think someone's doing it. Like, it's unlikely. So then what, then what, what exactly is the concern of Marasayin over here? That people are going to learn the mistake that Avodazar's mutter? Like I said, unlikely. So what's Marasayin? The answer is, it's not Lefi Kvayda. It's not Lefi the covet of a Jew to be looked at as someone that serves of a desire. That, that's the point of Marasayin. It, there's a certain Indian of covered of Yisrael. Covered Yisrael. Certain dignity that you have to have as a Yid. That, that you have to, and, and something you can be Michael. There's certain things you can be Michael and you're covered. Yeah, you can be Michael, whatever. Yeah. You know, 
Pass me a tissue. Nah, I'm not interested. I'm, you know, you shake it and I'm passing you a tissue. Okay, I'm Michael, I don't care whatever. But the Rebbe says there are certain aspects of your covet that are not up to you to be Michael. And that to you walking around or doing certain things that is going to cause people to think that you're an Ayvid of Adizara, that's being plagim in a certain aspect of your covet that you don't have the right to be Michael on. Why? The deepest covet of a Yid, where's ultimately a person's covet come from as a Yid? So you could do certain things that make you honorable. You could accomplish certain things. But in the deepest senses, the most honorable, the dignified aspect of who you are is, is as the Pasuk says, Bonim Atem Hashem Lokeichem, is that you have within you a chelak al-kamim al-mamash. The essence of the neshama, that's ultimately the source of your covet, of your dignity. And because the source of your dignity is the fact that you are a child kviyachal v'rbanish lo'elam, and you have within you a piece of the divine presence, that's not something that you can be meichel, nor should you be meichel on. And that is something that's bound with amuna. That's where your amuna comes from. See, there's many mitzvahs that are sort of like uh, derivatives of who you are, be'etzen. And then there are certain inyanim which are touching the very core of who you are. Amuna versus avadizara, that, cu- that touches the essence of who a, person, of who a yid is. The, a yid is a mamin. The first Jew, which is Avram Avinu, establishes the essence of Nishmas Yisrael in the world. And he is the first, he's Roish Lamamina. Because where does Amuna come from? As I've mentioned many times, Amuna does not come from a particular education. It doesn't come from a particular proof. Amuna comes from within, and it comes from the deepest place of who you are. The source of your covet is the source of your Amuna. Therefore, Davka the Rabbanashim is going to be mocked about the covet of a Yid, specifically when it comes to Avadizar. The Rabbanashim is not going to say that it's that, that I'm going to be worried about... There are a bunch of I'm not listening. I'm not going out of my way to be mar, worried about Chashad and Marasayin when it comes to Bas B'chalv. Why? Because as amazing, as important as Bas B'chalv is, it's not touching the very core of who you are, where your covet comes from. But when it comes to Amunah and Avadizara, that's touching the very essence of who you are, which is where the source of your covet comes from, that you don't have power over to be Michael. That's the very essence of who you are. And the essence of who you are, where is your amuna comes from, is the fact that, you're, that there's a piece of me inside of you. You can't be Michael that. Once we understand that's the concept of what the Rabbani Shalom is makbed on, Tafka over here with Avadizara, which is the chashad, because the people calling you and thinking of you as an Avad of Avadizara, it's being poigim, it's touching that very core. Therefore, it's Tafka, these images. Why? The context of the Pesukim in Parshas Yisrael, in Marmok number three, was interesting, right? The Rebbe didn't just say, like, or, don't make these images. Start with the whole introduction. Hashem said to Moshe, that you saw by our Sinai that I spoke to you and no one else did. Now don't make these images. So what, what's the connection? So Marmok number four, the Siparno. The Siparno explains as follows, that there's something unique to these images, and this is something that, that, um, that, uh, yeah, th- th- this is what the Sparno is explaining, is that it sort of flows from the previous passage as follows. That these images are not just images that were just stam worshipped. These are images, there's two types of Odazars. There's Odazar which are seen as, okay, God's over there, no shaykh is to God. We're now creating a new God. It's, it's just a new system. A system of, an idolatrous system. Or, which is really what Moshe was, was referring to before, suggesting before. Or you could have, no, I believe in God but I don't believe that I'm able to interact with that God. I create an intermediary. The Siparno says as follows, Don't make these images. Why? Because these images are unique. Once he saw in Harsinai, says the Rabbani Shalom, that I spoke to you directly, and I was willing to talk to you, and I didn't need to have somewhere in between be a translator for us. And don't and why? Because I, I, why, why is it that I was able to speak to directly? Because there's a part of me inside of you. Therefore, says Don't make these images because what's unique to these images is that yeah, you could have people just serving these images, stam as in Vodazara, not thinking about the you know Yudke Vavke or anything like that. But in the Torah's world, these images are unique. Is that these would be the perfect intermediaries. The Rabbani Shalom anyway uses them. Malachim, the sun and the moon, the humanoid figure, Tzalem Elokim. These are things that we could associate with being those in Tzoyim. And that's what this Isra is about. So let's clarify to, 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 to refine the concern more. 
once you have the Siparno and the Ramban, then really what we're having is as follows. The Rabbana Shalom is saying, this Indian, I am extra makbid about Marasayan, that no one should think of you as serving Avodazar, but what type of Avodazar in particular? In Avodazar that's about an intermediary. Why? Because again, the whole Indian over here is revolving around the covet of a Jew. And the covet of a Jew comes from knowing that inside of you is a piece of the Divine Presence. And, that's, and that concept would undermine the need of having an intermediary. I mean, the very idea, listen, like, the very idea of having an intermediary is going against your source of covet. It's going against this idea that you have inside of you a piece of the Divine Presence. If you believed that you had inside of you a piece of the Divine Presence, then you don't need an intermediary. You don't need an intermediary. And so the very fact that there are abund- that that so and was, and was, the, the core of this mitzvah is revolving around the Rabbanishim being makbid on your covet. And the, and, and the source of your covet is going to be connected to amuna, but specifically amuna in that you don't need an intermediary. Because it's one thing to say, listen, I don't need an intermediary, I'm just, uh, but also on the side, I like, you know, I like to fool around with other, other gods. But it's one thing talking to Rabbanishim and saying, but I, I, and I, but I can't face him. Because I, I need an intermediary. Ha, believing in the need of an intermediary is mamish going against the covet of Yid. And, so, and that's what the mitzvah is about. The mitzvah is don't make these things because the Rabbani Shalom is hyper-focused and concerned about your own covet. Because that's what an intermediary would be, would be reflective of. Say so you need an intermediary because you don't have that, that covet inside of you telling you that you can face the Rabbani Shalom. So that's what these side is over here. So again, going back, the reason why Chazal are going to be willing to be worried about Mar Sain, that, that you're serving of Zara is because they're, ma, they're, they're following the Torah. And the reason why the Torah is concerned with, 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 with uh, Mar Sain over here, Dafka, with these images, is because that's the site of these images. These images would be symbolic of a Jew not believing in their own covet, not believing that they are worthy of engaging in their Banisham directly. And that, that's what these images represent. That's what they represent. And so any time that you even make or own these images through Chazal's extension, that would cause anyone else to look at you in a disrespectful way, that's part of this whole inyan of this mitzvah, which is having covet. Having covet within yourself to know that you can face God, and having covet that no one else should be, should be pugging in your covet, because that's disrespectful to you. To have the dignity to feel proud enough to be upset that anyone, you know, not to be looked at like that, not to be looked like a, like a shmata. That's the end of this mitzvah. So it's covet. It's the covet of Yid. And that's ultimately the, the source of covet. The covet of Yid ultimately is sourced in this idea that you have a piece of the divine presence inside of you, which legitimizes your existence and legitimizes your, your right to speak to the Rabbanu Shem directly. And anything that's going to be poigim in that covet, the Rabbanu Shem is makbed on this mitzvah of Sasaniti. That's the that's the side. But next week we're going to go more into this halachas in a more practical sense, in terms of like the guidelines, what images we're allowed to own, making, owning, all the things that come from it. Yeah, even kids' arts, you know, making the sun and the moon, pictures like this. What's the deal? So Bez Hashem, we'll uh, we'll go through it. Okay.